0: Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Talk About Grace and Peace, the new limited podcast series from Grace Hill Church. My name is Jason, and we're excited to be bringing you engaging interviews that explore how our church's vision impacts our lives and the ministry at our church. Each episode will feature conversations with leaders from Grace Hill, exploring their own experiences with and excitement surrounding the vision for Grace Hill, as well as offering practical advice for those looking to live out this vision in their lives. We hope you enjoy. So now let's talk about grace and peace. Well, hey, wherever you are listening, I am so glad you're tuning in today uh, for the very first episode of Let's Talk About Grace and Peace. And uh, like the intro said, this is just a limited series that we're gonna do with some leaders in our church as we talk about uh, our vision here at Grace Hill. And I'm excited about this series because it gives me a chance to turn the mic around and put the mic on some other people uh, because I'm usually the one doing all the talking. And so I'm really excited for you to get a chance to uh, hear from some of the leaders in our church, and the first one up today in this podcast series is Matt Anzavino, our student director. So say, hey, Matt. What's up, everybody? (laughs) Glad to have you here today, man. And uh, so we're going to jump in and... I gave you the questions ahead of time, You so you did. could kind of be thinking. Yeah. But I'm going to throw a little uh, little curveball. Do it. We're going to do a speed round. Speed round. A speed round. All so right. no no commentary, no explanation needed. Just give me your first thoughts. Yes. Okay. Got it. Here we go. Here we yeah, go. You yeah, ready? Yeah, 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 yeah. College football or the NFL? NFL. Uh, LeBron or Jordan? Oh, Jordan. New York style pizza or Chicago style pizza? Chicago. Apple or Android? Apple all day. Beach or the mountains?
1: The mountains all day.
0: (laughs) There you have it. Not even close. Now (laughs) you know, now you know, now you know. Okay, so (laughs) take one of those and tell me why.
1: Oh, one of them, Um, beach or the mountains, easy for me. Uh, My wife is the opposite, but um, the beach, I don't understand. You go to get, you get sunburned, so you're miserable. You get sand all over the place. And there's unless there's something to do, you try to throw a frisbee, the wind blows it everywhere. There's nothing to do. Mountains, go for a hike. It's nice. You get to wear a light jacket. You know, cool little towns to go to. It's better. I I'm like happy. it. Yeah, I like it. So, sure. like, if you had to go visit a mountain, do you mm-hmm. have a particular one that's your favorite? Yosemite National Park is my favorite. Nice. When I lived in California for a bit, I had a season pass so I would go at the time I was single without kids so I would just take a Saturday and go spend the day by myself up on a mountain and it was awesome beautiful stuff the weather in California is just so good always um That's my favorite. So,
0: speaking of uh, single before you were married and had kids, why don't you tell us a little bit about your family? You've got a wife. You guys have been married for how long? You've got kids. How old are they? All of that.
1: Yes. So, my wife, Carly, we've been married. It'll be six years this May, which is crazy. Um, We have a a two-and-a-half-year-old named Lila and a a one-and-a-half-year-old named Lexi. They were born exactly one year apart from each other. Exactly. Exactly. With a couple weeks difference, okay. but my, okay. Lila's birthday is November 9th and Lexi's birthday is November 27th. Wow. Um, I do not advise it <laughs> because it <laughs> brings some challenges, but, uh, we're thrilled. They're, they're, they're wonderful. And, uh, Carly's a nurse. Um, we met, I was pastoring at a church in Nashville and she was going to that church and that's how we met. And, um, she's the best better than me for sure. <laughs> Man, I'm so uh, so thankful you guys are both
0: uh, and your sweet girls are at Grayson. It's uh man, a huge answer to prayer to have you here. And so we want to just kind of get into it and talk yeah. about our vision. Uh, the whole idea behind this was, you know, everybody at the church expects me to be, they expect me to be excited sure. about yeah. this. Uh, everybody, I think, at the church would expect me to say positive things and right. encourage them to take steps. But the the part of this podcast that I'm excited about is really getting to hear from uh, the, the leaders in our church who are also living this out every day right? and what excites them about it and some of the parts of it that they're kind of looking at and wrestling through and all of that yeah. so uh, i wrote out a few questions just mm-hmm. to kind of help guide our time and i just want to kind of navigate through those yeah, and so the first one was this is you know what excites you about our vision and just if you're listening at home or driving in your car or at work or wherever you are right now the the vision statement for our church is uh, we are becoming a community of grace and peace for the good of our city and the fame of Jesus. So that's the the vision statement in a nutshell. And so, uh, Matt, what about that? Just excites you, man? As, as you you came on staff in October, mm-hmm. and we were uh, kind of in the middle of mm-hmm. that process. So you got to be here, sort of, for the the final crafting and shaping of that vision right. so what just kind of give me uh, 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 some some thoughts on that what excites yeah. you about the vision
1: well and I just even I guess for them to know too I, I worked in student ministry for a decade and then I backed out of ministry just had some had some great experiences had some not great experiences working for churches and so for a couple of years i was working in real estate and and right before I met you, me and me and my wife had talked about finding a church home and we'd looked and just some cool places, but nothing, no nowhere did we really feel like, man, we want to make this place our home. And uh, through a friend of a friend, I get in touch with you and um, which we, that friend of a friend happens <laughs> to be Joe Woods, <laughs> it happens to be our worship guy. That's right. <laughs> uh, and so we get connected and uh, we talked on the phone for a bit and I can remember on that phone call just your philosophy on ministry was really refreshing and different. Um, and so I feel like I've, I got the sneak peek because I can remember sitting at the square being with you and you were rolling out that vision statement. And um, I think, so for me, it was, I've had a lot of experience doing ministry and I've been a lot of different churches all over the country, you know, all over the country, a couple different states. And I think what was the most refreshing thing to me was it felt like, this was a vision that really valued the church being a benefit to the community, not so not so much being self-interested, but more externally interested, that our goal as a church is not just to build a thing for the sake of building something. It's we want to be of benefit to our city. We want to be of benefit to people. We want to be a church that serves people. And i just been in a lot of churches where I felt like so much of what we did was geared towards self things that benefited our organization mm-hmm. and not as much, you know, if you've, if you've built a massive church and the crime rate in your city stayed the same or the, the divorce rate in your city is like, what is a church doing for a city? And I feel mm-hmm. like here in your vision, it was like, man, this would be a place where we could, yes, find a home and yes, be a part of a family, but also see our fellowship of believers make a positive impact in the world around us. Man, that's powerful. I remember several years ago,
0: um, Kelly and I actually went to a church in Dallas and uh, we got certified to teach a a marriage Mm -hmm. uh, course that they had put together. And one of the questions was asked at this week long training you know, what was the vision for this? Mm -hmm. And they said that one of the leaders. Had caught a vision because uh, their church was this huge, multi-campus, you know, church and doing great things in the city, but their divorce rate and it's funny that you said that the, the divorce rate around their church in, in their county uh, was really high, mm-hmm. and one of their leaders just got a, a vision for like, man, what if we could see the divorce rate in our yeah. community go down? And and they saw it happen. Wow. And so when you hear that at first, you're like, man, that sounds pretty audacious to think that a church could have that kind of impact. And I feel like kind of just talking with you that in a lot of ways, our vision has got a little bit of audaciousness to it. For sure. Uh, I wonder if you could kind of speak to that a little bit about the part about it that both is like, yes, this is exciting, but also this is terrifying. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, it's funny. I I remember um, just in early conversations uh, with you, Pastor Jason and Miss Kelly, even, um, it was, man, it's... In my opinion, this isn't being done a lot. You know, there's not a lot of churches that have the mo uh, that we have, and and have that and, and plan to go about it the way that we that mm. we plan to go about it. Um, it is. It's like it's almost it almost feels uh, pilgrimage. Like there's mm. not a whole ton of people who have gone before, or a lot of churches that I can see that have gone before us in this lane. It kind of seems like we're wanting to do something, do something a little different. And so, in that sense, it's absolutely kind of like man. It's like we we really don't have any evidence that this will work, it, like historical evidence, you know. Um, but I do think we have biblical evidence that it will. And mm-hmm. I think I think the reality of it is, you know. And I love what you that's such a cool story about the divorce rate. I think, um, you know, one of my pet peeves is as Christians in America, if you're on any measure of social media or whatever, you see the wailing and moaning about the the degradation of society, and the the you know how bad things have gotten in America's blah, blah blah. It's like, okay, but the church is God's answer. Mm-hmm. And that is very clear. There is no other answer given in scripture. It is his church. That is the answer. And so instead of being a country club that is us for no more and ride it out till the trumpet sound, that's not in any way what I read the Bible and what what Jesus called us to be. Rather, it's, you know, where sin abounds, grace abounds. And where's that grace supposed to come from? You know, it's, it's in these days where, things get worse it's the time for the church to rise not retreat and mm-hmm. I think this vision is this vision positions us and postures us in a place yes it's audacious yeah it would be crazy but um, but I believe we're 100% in line with what God's will is for a body of believers and I so I think in, in that we can certainly um, rely upon the provision of God to see something audacious take place mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm.
0: So when did, as we as were kind of going mm-hmm. through this process of developing this vision, and like I said, you, you came on staff in October. You got a, We started kind of hanging out and talking a little bit in September. And mm-hmm. so you got, like you said, a little sneak peek into it. Uh, was there, as we were kind of going through some of this, Process Was there like an aha moment where you kind of thought to yourself, oh man, like this is exciting or it clicked for you? Like, is there was some kind of moment there for you where it really sort of synthesized or crystallized for you? Were like, yes, this is, this needs to be the vision for yeah. our church.
1: Yeah, actually it was the, we were sitting at Square Bean and I remember this fondly because um, Pastor Jason, you're such, you're a laid back guy in a lot of scenarios, you know, and you were telling me, I think it was the vision statement. You, like, threw it out to me, and I loved it. I, I, I loved the fame of Jesus part, you know, for the good of our city and the fame of Jesus, because, you know, I think in a lot of ways the world is dealing with a misrepresentation of Jesus, that he's this judgmental, angry, whatever. But to bring the grace and peace side mm-hmm. of it um, would be refreshing, and to make that part of Jesus known. And anyway, so I had this response, and I remember you, um, you smacked the table. And we're like, yes, that's what, and this excitement and this passion. And I was like, this has got to be it. Like the, the, because it, and and part of it, because it, it, it excited me, you know, as well. And I think, you know, that was a moment for me where it's like, man, number one, I have a, you know, a pastor who is, is, I believe God giving him a vision for something that, that responds and, 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 um, excites me. But then also to see your passion and zeal about it as well. It was very genuine and very authentic. And um, so that was the point for me. I was like, this is clearly, in my view, this is clearly God-given. This is something that God birthed in your heart for a reason. And I'd love to be a part of it. Hmm. I remember I remember that moment uh,
0: sitting there in Square Beans and having that conversation with you. Uh, and I remember smacking the table in excitement and the people around us were kind of like, what is happening over there at that table? They probably thought I was getting chewed out or something. <laughs> so um, this this was not a, a, a question I had sent you ahead of time, but just as we were talking, yeah. I, I thought about this. How? how now tell, tell everybody, how old are you? I'm 29. 29. So you're sort of in that uh, mid kind of millennial thing. Mm-hmm. And obviously the, the data is not showing a lot of favor for churches with connecting with uh, your demographic, right. millennials. Uh-huh. Uh, and in the rollout of the vision, you know, one of the things that I talked about is um, the bored, the bitter, and the broken. Right. And I'm curious if there's any part of that that has resonated with you True. of just feeling bored with church bitter with church or God mm-hmm. or broken just right. because of what you see. I wonder if you could, I wonder if, if any of that has resonated with you. And then maybe part two of that question is uh, the the people that are in your demographic, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe how, how does this vision maybe answer an angst yeah. that they're wrestling through
1: in their own lives? I wonder if you could yeah. speak to that at all. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I would certainly have, at various seasons of my life, considered myself one of, you know, falling in that bored, bitter, and broken category for sure. Um, and I think it's, again, I think it was a divinely, because you said you just said it one day, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, Yeah, I just kind yeah, of. Yeah, just, just sitting having coffee with a friend, and
0: they said, you know, I mean, who do, who do you think your church can actually reach? Yeah. And it just sort of fell yeah. out.
1: Yeah. yeah, I believe it was divinely inspired. It's, it's so uniquely and effectively, I think, describes the, uh, so much of the millennial generation. Um, and I'm on the tail end of the millennial generation, even the generation immediately following, but yeah, I I was certainly there. Um, you know, as I said, I've had experience, I've had great experiences with great churches. I've had horrible experiences with churches. It's to be expected. It's their organizations run by, by people and we're all flawed and we all make mistakes. Um, I think for, for, for me though, there, there was a, and I would say, I know this is like kind of a trigger word, but I, I, I would say that I deconstructed, um, I went through a deconstruction phase, probably still in it. Um, but it wasn't so, I don't feel like it was so much deconstructing my faith as, as it was deconstructing church Hmm. ministry, um, you know, raised and, and, and taught for all these years. There was just this, you know, there was an ideology built Hmm. around ministry and I'd experienced enough and I knew people that experienced enough. I was like, man, there's some issues with this structure. There's some issues with how we do things. And, um, it doesn't mean you throw the whole thing away. That's why I love the term deconstruction. You deconstruct to reconstruct. Mm-hmm. You don't destroy. So it's like I'm just taking this apart. I'm looking through, and there were certainly things that I found. I was like, man, this is just not. This is not healthy. This is not good. And um, This is causing damage. And I think. And and. Um, Could you elaborate, like maybe yeah. on like one or two pain points? Yeah, yeah. That, um, that- I think uh, I think a big one working in, in ministry I think we've I think uh, a lot of churches has have taken the concept of honor which is a biblical concept and uh, morphed it into going far beyond its its biblical meaning um, in my opinion as a method to consolidate power it's this mm-hmm. idea that you can't you cannot disagree with leadership because mm-hmm. that's dishonor you can't ask people tough questions because that's dishonor. Um, and I happen to, since I was born, I've got a pretty strong rebellion bone in my body. So I've been hit with the dishonor thing, disrespect, dishonor my whole life. And there were certainly times where it was warranted. Um, but there were many times I think where it wasn't warranted. I asked a good question. You didn't have an answer for me and I was onto something that was unhealthy and it was causing damage and people didn't want to take ownership and responsibility of it. So the response was, you can't say that to honor your leadership. and again, I believe in honor. It's a biblical concept, um, but I don't believe that honor gives you—honor puts the mandate on me to be dishonest. I'm not going to call you a father of many if you're not. I'm not going to—you know, like, <laughs> just that's not honor. That's just, that's lying. Um, so there's that. I, and I, I really I lumped into that. I, the only thing—other thing I would add, I think, is, uh, you know, churches in ministry, um, they just have—they got to a place— um, and I don't know if this is taboo to say this, but like the rise and fall of Marcel, I listened yeah, to that podcast. There's yeah. a line in that podcast where it's, he says, there's a group of people that want their church to be led by a narcissist. Hmm. And when he, when I heard that, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so true. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you see that and, and that what's essentially been allowed to happen is you let the, the whims of, of very charismatic, very, uh, passionate and exciting men that also have narcissistic traits, um, to create these structures that are not good. They're not healthy for people. Mm-hmm. And they might be, you know, quote unquote salvation machines where they, they would report, yeah, we had 6,000 cards turned in where people mm-hmm. said that they, but what, what's left in their wake is over the last five years, there's just a sea of people who have le- not just left the church, but left the faith entirely. Yeah. They're going to counseling, their marriages are falling apart, their yeah. kids and it's like I just do not believe that God would call us to lead a ministry that leaves His children bored, bitter, and broken mm-hmm. in the wake. Um, and so, with that being said, to, to to write that, to fix that, number one, we have to own what we've done and own and take responsibility of things. Um, but number two, I think we just have to get back. To me, it's getting back to the basics of okay, forget it. You know, again, the Great Commission is go therefore and make disciples of all nations, not go make converts of all nations. And I think. While doing, while you know, ministering and seeing people um, come to the saving knowledge of of Christ is obviously of maximum importance. There's more to it than that, and I think for for Grace Hill it was. And what I think will be refreshing to other people like me um, is, you know, I, you don't get the impression that we're trying to build this empire. You don't get the impression that we're trying to make it big and be famous and do all these things. You get the impression that hey, let's get back to the basis of who Jesus is. Um, who is he for you? Uh, fostering that relationship, having that familial, you know, relationship with the people who are in the fellowship of believers, uh, believers with you. But also, man, what is what would Jesus do for our city? Yeah. And again, I, I don't think that what Jesus would have done was come into a city and build this massive organization that might see a bunch of people profess to have to have prayed the sinner's prayer, but then leave a bunch of broken marriages and and burn people. I don't think that's what he would have done. If you look right. at his model. He had large gatherings, um, but a lot of times he was trying to get away from the large <laughs> gatherings. A lot of his ministry was with his 12 mm-hmm. and with individuals. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think we've allowed, last thing I'm rambling, last thing, I think we've allowed some human ambition to pollute mm-hmm. our concepts of ministry to where you know it's bigger and better and whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think at some point you compromise quality for quantity and I think that's a lot of times what's happened is okay you might be having thousands of people um, but the quality of your product the fruit you're producing mm-hmm. which is how we're told we can judge is yeah. by their fruit the fruit you're producing is flawed and so to get to a place where it's like look okay I'm not de- I'm not trying to demonize anybody I'm not saying you know I'm not with that whole empty the pews movement but I am saying we need to take ownership for what for the things that we've done that are wrong sure we need to take ownership of that and then be willing to say, okay, how do we do it different? Mm-hmm. You know, how can we make corrections? Um, and I think Grace Hill is positioned to do that. And I think that idea would be very um, refreshing. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think that's
0: one of the reasons why in the vision statement I wanted something in there about the kind of culture we wanted to create. Right. It wasn't just over the hill and where we're headed, and yeah. you know, bigger, better, you know, awesome thing it was it was part of our vision is a healthy culture yeah it's not just accomplishing something it's trying and i think that's the you know in that mars the rise and fall of mars hill and not again trying to be disparaging of anybody or anything in that circle but uh in that podcast there was the episode where they talked about the the you know the the how did they word it the the bus backing over the
1: oh yeah get on the the bus so it'll run you over yeah yeah Yeah. and
0: and, you know just the the wake of uh bodies that had mm. been left yeah. in the <laughs> yeah. metaphorically right, right. Uh, of just this bus of this church you know just running over people that were in their way and to your point and I don't I don't think that's the way of Jesus mm-hmm. um, I think that's the way of Empire you know mm-hmm. bigger better better you know um, don't get in our way or we're just gonna run you over I, I heard a powerful statement the other day and it was uh, uh, disagreement doesn't have to mean division you right. know and it's and it's I, again, I want to foster that even yeah. in our church. Um, and, you know, to your point, you know, I was reading the story the other day, uh, and, you know, it's the weird teaching Jesus does about, you know, eat my flesh and mm-hmm. drink my blood. There's yeah. all these people, right. and, like, they all leave. Yeah. Um, but what's so powerful to that is, you know, Jesus, I think, a very honest moment turns and looks at his disciples and said, well, you know, you guys going to leave too? You know, like, yeah. it was just as weird for you as it was yeah. for them. I'm like, you're going to leave right. too. And, uh, you know, good old Peter, I think it was said, you know, where else would we go? Right. Like you have the words of life. Right. And I hope that for our church, that's what we're able to, um, extend our community and our people is to just say, you know, Hey, there's a lot of things in this world. There's a lot of pain that can come, but not try to connect people as much to, um, uh, what a church is doing, but, but the, the heart of the church, which is really the the, the heart of Jesus, you know, what I'm, what I'm trying, what we're hoping to, to kind of aim for. Um, so here's an, here's another question, Matt. Mm -hmm. Um, how, how has either this, you know, how have you shared about how has the, our vision kind of motivated you, inspired you to maybe share with people who are not at Grace Hill or maybe they're not believers. Um, Uh, or how is it kind of challenging you to, to, you know, kind of extend yourself in that way to say, man, I'm, I'm excited about this vision. I'm excited about where a church is headed and I want to tell other people about it. How has that kind of played out in your life?
1: Yeah. What's funny about it is I'm actually, uh, I'm actually more confident, um, in bringing someone to Grace Hill than I have in, in most churches that I've, that I've worked with, um just because i think it to a certain demographic because i think it fits a need so well it it i have um a lot of friends that i did ministry with in the past it's it ties into what we were just saying but i have prob- more more of my friends that i've served or worked with are no longer a lot of them are no longer per- professing christians mm-hmm. um and and a lot of them are they are they're in that burn board bitter and broken um it's one of the dangerous things about being harmed by spiritual leadership is it would be great if that spiritual leader was the only one who Mm -hmm. took the blame for that Mm -hmm. but unfortunately because you claim to be representing christ then jesus gets the blame too and so now they're away from him and i I, but being able i've I've talked about this church and the vision to so many of them almost as like a you know hopefully to encourage them because they're not they're not local a lot of them are in california but um but even just as like a testing on you know, to see like, okay, here's someone who's been in ministry, you've, yeah. been, you've been hurt. How does this How does this feel to you? How does it read? Yeah. Right. And um, and it's felt very, it's been met with a lot of very good responses. Um, you know, and it's it's a, a lot of, ironically, what's so funny is as much as that group of people who are the bored, bitter and broken, who have left church, as much as they'll get demonized in church cultures as, you know, the people who couldn't hang or they no. walked away when things no. got tough. What's so funny is the most, the most common thing that I've heard from them is not even just the community of grace and peace, like which would have benefited themselves, sure. but the most, the, the most common thing I hear is, man, that would be so great. I just want to be a part of something that helps my city. Mm-hmm. It's like as mad as they are and as hurt as they are, yeah. what they're looking for from a church is to, to see people be helped, mm-hmm. you know? Um, in a healthy way so it certainly motivated me and challenged me because now it's now what I will say on the front end of that is uh, a lot of times the people who are bored bitter and broken the second you bring up like hey do you want to come to church with me it's like "No, I've already done whatever um but again, we've talked about it a lot. The hook is it's in a movie theater. You know? So like come. come. Like, alright, just come sit with me in church, we'll go grab a bite and then we'll come back and we'll watch the more. Yeah?
0: I'll buy your ticket. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that's the man, that's the thing that uh, I think I have been I've become so concerned by is the people that the church should have the most compassionate stance towards. And I, when I say the church, uh, again, this is not video, but I'm you know, kind of figuratively mm. doing air quotes. The, the people that the church should have the most compassionate stance towards uh, are often the people that we vilify. Yeah. And again, I just don't think that's the way of Jesus. you yeah. know. I, and so all of those people that would sort of fit in that category who might say, uh, man I love Jesus or they might say man I just miss uh, a community of faith but mm-hmm. I don't trust right. leaders or you know mm-hmm. the machine or you know whatever it might be uh, man my heart just breaks for him yeah my heart just breaks for him and you know I think everybody will uh, connect with a different part of our vision, Uh, in a different way so like I'm curious like if you you kind of mentioned the for the good of our city part Mm. is that the part that for you really kind of resonates I mean uh, don't Jesus juke me and be like oh no No. it's for the fame of Jesus you know like no really like if it's for the city and that really uh, uh, excites you you know I'd love to hear more about kind of what part of the vision statement connects with you a lot
1: yeah honestly the more I think about it i probably jumped around spots that are that just pop out to me and are are really exciting Um, I would say when we first started interacting I think it was the community of grace and peace was the big one just you know because me and my wife had both been through things and Mm -hmm. we just had you know we've got babies and we really just wanted to be in a place where we could look around the room and we're not worried about so-and-so talking in the lobby, but just a place of, of peace right. that has grace for us. And I was told you walking in like, man, I'm still working through some, some <laughs> stuff, you know, so let there be grace. Matt, if we were honest, we're all <laughs> yeah. still working through yeah. some stuff. for sure. Um, but no, I think presently, yeah, it's for the good of our city. I, I just, I'm, I think, um, you know, even in the, the conversations that I have with people, cause I love, uh, it's like a hobby. I love talking to people who don't see the world like I see it, or, or you know, that's pretty I, easy to find these days. Yeah, super who doesn't easy. see the world <laughs> yeah, <it's> super easy. <laughs> but I think that what's so funny is the con the, the point of commonality there. Mm-hmm. You know that that I think, you know, again, being you know and being with somebody who or.
0: By the way, let me just inject this. This is not like a professional podcast studio here, so I've got my person. my iPad, and apparently I don't know how to silence notifications on this thing. And you're a popular uh, guy, yeah. I guess I haven't received a text message all morning until we started this uh, this episode, and we're recording this in our office, which is an old building built in the late 1800s. It's probably got the original pine floors that are noisy as all get out. So every person yes. that walks down the hall is probably coming through this microphone, uh, and big, you know, 12 foot tall ceilings mm-hmm. that just make the whole room vibrate and rattle around. But yeah. anyway, I uh, just had to make uh, yeah. a comment on that. So you were talking about different aspects of yeah, the vision yeah. and how now it kind of leans more a little bit, maybe to, for the, for the good of our city, yeah. kind of part of it.
1: Yeah. I, I think when I, when I talk to people, um, Especially those who have a, uh, a negative, you know, maybe have had some negative experiences with church in general, Christianity in general, and they're trying to walk through that. Um, one of the things that's really hard to argue with is a place that prioritizes helping their city, mm-hmm. you know, helping people in need, um, you know. What would you ever? I mean, what would you say? Like, just from like a, even like a, um, uh, you know, argumentative standpoint, yeah. what, what would you say? Like how could you come against something like that? <laughs> it's like, yeah, we, we meet in a the movie theater because we didn't want to be in debt with a building because we want to take that money and we want to help people and we want to help students in their schools and we want to, you know, I mean, I, had, I hadn't been working here that long, and I helped move furniture for a family that was displaced, and they didn't have anywhere to go. And we got some furniture for them, and we put them in a place. Like, how could you? Well, like, what beef do you have? Yeah. You know, with that, and and I and I and I think it goes to it. You know, you referenced Jesus. You know, with the uh, with the eat my flesh and drink my blood. What's so funny is when you look at Jesus throughout the scriptures, the people who hated him were religious people. Mm-hmm. The interactions he had with lost people Mm -hmm. who were in need, they loved him. Mm -hmm. And I I think that's interesting now because now it seems like the people who are in need and broken, they hate us, you know, and that's not Jesus' fault. Um, So I think you look at things like that, it's like, well, you know, yeah, a place that just, and when I would tell my friends, yeah, man, just yesterday I went, I helped, uh, we had some people from the church. There was a family who was displaced. We got them, moved in somewhere, got them some furniture and all that kind of stuff. They're like seriously, yeah. You know, and and that's the kind of thing that I think will, will be, um, will be so f- refreshing and, and and fulfilling. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, I can remember seeing um, or at a lot of places that I've worked. If you go through their next steps process, whatever it would be called, you'd have all these opportunities to be a serving partner. Mm-hmm. Every one of the opportunities, just served into a Sunday morning experience. Yeah, yeah. and that's great. Like serving for a Sunday morning experience is you gotta terrific. Have, you got to have people volunteering and doing the things. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you know, in a way, that experience is serving your community. Sure. But there are so many ways yeah. that we can serve our community and and even more felt needs. Mm-hmm. You know, to hear people, and that's why I love. You know, we've just started the um, Discover Grace Hill mm-hmm. stuff, and to be able to package that in a way that's like, hey. You know, you want to be a part of Grace Hill. That's awesome. You can serve. You want to be on the worship team. You want to serve students. You want to serve kids. You want to be an usher, a greeter. All that stuff's great. Also, yeah, we're partnered with this, with this, you know, this clinic in the community that you can do. We'd help with this homeless stuff. We've got outreach things. We've got school partnerships. We're helping. Like, all of those things that not only could you become a part of Grace Hill and serve Grace Hill, mm-hmm. but you could become a part of Grace Hill and serve your city. Yeah. And I think that that is has been a a... A missing, a missing piece to at least a lot of the ministries that I've been a part of. Mm-hmm. Um, at least, and, and and not just that, you know, grocery giveaways and stuff, but real sure. strategic, sure. Sure. like, man, we're, we're, we're strategically trying to figure out how to position ourselves in a way to really see uh, people be helped. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. Well, and a lot of it for me, too, just as we
0: kind of look ahead, is wanting to equip people to embody that on their own right. where it's not yeah. always just associated with something that church the church is doing we're recording this on a thursday morning this coming sunday uh i don't know when you may be listening to this but this coming sunday we've got Serve sunday where mm-hmm. some of our people are going to go to orange mound some of our people are going to be at germantown elementary school and that's great yeah and i want us to do more of those things but a lot of it is a vision that can be embraced corporately as yeah. a church, but then also individually. Um,
1: Hundred yeah. percent.
0: So, in your school environment, or your work environment, or your home environment, we want you you to be a, a a place of grace, a community of grace and peace for the good of your city and the fame of Jesus. And so, long term, you know, I hope people will uh, simply use these I call them on ramps, you know, is what they are. Mm-hmm. You know, serving in these places to stir up a hunger for serving on their own and, right. and and giving their time away to uh, and some of it is just helping people identify the fact that when they go across the street and they check on their widowed neighbor right that's a that's that's for the good of our city 100 percent yeah you know? um, and yeah. so that part of long term for I think us and the challenge we have is uh, equipping people to uh, embrace that vision personally Right. In their lives And so right. um, looking looking forward to seeing how that could, you know, ripple out into our church.
1: Yeah, 100%. Well, if I can add to it, I think what's, and I'm harping back to the grace and peace idea, but I think that's also um, to, to embody that individually, you know, even as a part of our vision, the idea of, you know, we're becoming a community of grace and peace. It's for the good of our city, for the fame of Jesus. But that community of grace and peace is of service to the people who are a part of it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, you, you've said similar things all the time about home base, like a safe, mm-hmm. like come to your home base. It's like, you can escape a lot of the drama and the mess and you're, you're, you're with your, and in that it's cause you're right. As people embody that, you know, theoretically, if you're a student, you're going to school, mm-hmm. the ideas that you would view, like that school is, is a mission field. It's mm-hmm. a place for you to serve people. It's a place for you, you know, if it's your workplace, whatever the case may be. Um, and so recognizing that that's ministry that mm-hmm. you're doing. That's work that you're doing. You know, you're, you're going to, you're going, you know, especially students, that uh, you know, I have a heart for them. Students are on the front lines of stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're on the front lines. They're dealing with crazy stuff. You know, you hear it all the time. Parents and parents are like, I never would have even heard of anything like that when I was in sixth oh, yeah. grade. It's like, oh, they're hearing about it, in, you know, younger than that. You know, mm-hmm. it's it, so they're on the front lines. And so that's why I love, too, that side of the community of grace and peace. Because I think a lot of times when you're dealing with church, and you're talking about serving. It's like you're coming to church to serve, mm-hmm. which is part of it. But that grace and that community of grace and peace is also you're coming to church to be served, mm-hmm. to, to be filled up, to have an experience created for you um, so that you can be empowered, mm-hmm. so that you can have the, you know, be empowered to go the rest of the week and embody that vision on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you had to fast
0: forward a year from now and, you know. Again, vision takes time, culture takes time to kind of get embraced and and felt throughout the life of a church and the people and everything. But if you had to fast forward a year from now, whether it be specifically student ministry or just our church uh, as a whole, uh, what's what's something you hope to see happening in our church as it relates to the vision?
1: Fifteen campuses nationwide. Stop it. (laughs) We want a grace Hill in every Malco from Uh, here to Kentucky. Um which could happen one day. It you could, never could know. Happen. <laughs> you know? Malco's great, man. Um fast forward you said a year. Yeah. Um, obviously I, I I for student ministry for the church as a whole, I fully expect and i am excited and I'm excitedly is that a word? Sure, Maybe Roll with it. Excitedly, it's our podcast. Yeah, we can say whatever we. If it's whatever not, word we will <laughs> add it to the dictionary. No, I, and like with excitement, I'm anticipating numerical growth. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but really the way that our vision is and the way the church is positioned, that numerical growth. One of the things that's so exciting to me about it is, you know, I think Grace Hill would just be a tough church to be a passive attendee at. Mm-hmm. I, I feel yeah. like we're a place where, man, there's we're very tight family oriented you know um and so i think with numerical growth it's not just yeah we've got some easter and christmas people coming through but like we've got people that are becoming a part of the family they're partnering with us shouldering the vision exactly and so with that maybe the numerical growth isn't as fast as you might see in other places Mm -hmm. but i believe it'd be healthy and Mm -hmm. sturdy and uh with longevity so i see that for sure yeah, um, I would just comment yeah, yeah. on
0: that. Is I see it as a byproduct of the vision. Yeah, that's great. You know, instead yeah. of a lot of people, uh, and again, I'm chief of centers here on this one, but sure. numerical growth becomes the vision
1: right? Yeah, no for doubt. a lot
0: of churches. Uh, and then the things they want to accomplish can only happen if they achieve certain numerical growth, which you and I both know, it's never enough. For sure. Um, uh, You know, numerical growth in churches uh, being enough is kind of like having enough Easter candy in your house, you (laughs) know, no matter what you have, it's (laughs) never enough. We started getting these, uh, the golden double stuffed Oreos. My kids love Oreos. And on a whim. So like the vanilla cookie with the double stuffed? Oh my gosh, man. Really? It's like you know there's never enough they're just they're so good and that's like numerical growth in a church it's like the golden Oreo yeah. the golden double stuffed Oreo it's well, never it's, enough it always
1: gets me with those with those cookies it's like you know you, you know you want to try and be conscious so you're checking the nutrition facts and it's like oh, you know, know like that's like it's like What's the serving size? Two cookies. Two cookies. It's like, come on, yeah, yeah. nobody,
0: nobody's eating two two double stuffed two golden cookies. Oreos. Uh, anyway, maybe two sleeves of Oreos. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, but I, I think that numerical growth for us could be uh, could be a byproduct. Yeah, I agree. Of um, the vision taking
1: root in the life of our church. I, I think I think biggest thing for me that I'm excited and anticipating in a year. Uh, um, for the church, is to see. Um, you know, you talked about it. How obviously everyone's expecting you to be excited about the mm-hmm. vision, um, and I can tell you, the staff we're stoked about the vision. We we we. I got to come in, and I feel privileged on that final stages of really hashing through stuff. Um, but really, what I want is, you know, or what I'm excited, and praying for, and anticipating is for the church at large for it to be something that we all carry with Mm. with equal excitement and anticipation and 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 zeal you know i think um as we continue to reinforce it and communicate it do things like this podcast you know my prayer in my heart is that the people who are a part of grace hill um would identify with that and and take personal ownership of it um because man i i think you know as we said i sat down and, and you know the first time we talked um I was not looking at getting back into ministry anytime soon. And I had a conversation with you and I had kind of set myself up because for those two years I was off, I was like, man, I just wish I could find a church that would do X, Y, or Z. (laughs) And so then I found that church and then, you know, it was like, man, I've got to be a part of this. And I think, um, I just think that's going to be the experience of a lot of people. And I think, I think the way that you've communicated it and the kind of fruit it will bear I just man a church of fifty people carrying that vision. That's potent. Yeah. That's dangerous. And and, and a church you
0: know, of fifty people carrying that vision won't stay. Fifty a people. Fifty people. One hundred percent. That's that's the thing. I think it would be really cool if, if in a year uh, we could feature members in the life of our church, people who are deeply yeah. connected, on this podcast. Oh, that'd be awesome. Do a podcast yeah. with them and yeah. talk about their experience yeah. with interacting with the vision of our church yeah. and what they have seen in their own lives that that would be a pretty uh pretty powerful thing to witness and experience where well know.
1: and i'll add to it i think it'd be sick if a year from now you've got someone who at that time will be an active member but right now is not attending Grace Hill. Yeah, yeah. maybe they're burned bitter and broken yeah
0: like how sick would that be yeah
1: to be like yeah you know well, look i mean yeah.
0: what seven eight months for yeah. you i mean yeah we started that. connecting early september and you know Uh, you just said it I mean you weren't looking to get back into church ministry and God's done something in your heart uh, again just through the the possibility of this and so I think there's hope for people who are out there who um, I I sat with somebody the other day who I think when I said the bored bitter and broken piece they were like "Ah, me Oh, yep that's me oh no 100% that's me you know identified with all of them And, and and they told me they said you know there's it's so it's intriguing. Yeah, you know it's intriguing to think about um, how this could could shape, reshape their heart again. Yeah, you know, and so I'm praying that it's a door for people that they could walk through and experience uh, the love of Jesus and the the love of a church. Yeah, you know? so absolutely, Matt. Yeah. Thanks for being on the podcast, man. It's awesome. I really appreciate you taking time uh, away from all of the things that you have going on in your life uh, to participate in this. And uh, thank you for listening at home. And stay tuned. We'll be featuring some more episodes in the coming days. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Let's Talk About Grace and Peace podcast today. For more information about our vision, you can visit us at gracehill901.com slash vision, or drop us an email, info at 901com We would love to hear from you. Hope you have a great week. Grace and peace.